0: Wake up, America. It's Morning Air with John Morales. Si, sí, senor. Sarah Tafoya. Hey, it's
1: my mom. Mama.
0: And Glenn Levens. That's how I
2: know.
0: This is Morning Air.
2: On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app.
0: It's Wednesday, February 14th, 2024. Good morning and... Welcome back to another edition of Morning Air on Ash Wednesday and... It's also Valentine's Day. I'm John Morales, along with Glenn Leverance and our producer this morning, Gabby Burke, in for Sarah Tafoya, who's enjoying a few days off. It's good to be with you here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. For all you lovebirds, I hope uh, you were able to celebrate Valentine's Day, perhaps last night, with your sweetheart, uh, as this reporter did with my honey Cindy on the vigil of Valentine's Day, uh, which uh, was a fat Tuesday yesterday. Of course, if you didn't, you can always... uh, Uh, celebrate Valentine's Day with your uh, sweetie uh, this coming weekend, perhaps. Uh, Today is Ash Wednesday. It's a day of fasting and abstinence for Catholics, which marks the beginning of the 40 days in which uh, the Catholic Church calls the faithful to conversion and to truly prepare ourselves to live the mysteries of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ in Holy Week. If you haven't signed up for Father Rocky's Lenten lessons on the Mass, uh, these free daily videos. It is still not too late. You can do it this morning at relevantradio.com slash Lent. In fact, Father Rocky explained uh, to us here on Morning Air about how the Lenten lessons on the Mass uh, developed. It occurred to me one morning, my Lenten sacrifice that year would be to write a little lesson on the Mass each day for Lent, and I'd post it on my Facebook page. Then several years later, Damian Schmidt, who's in our digital department, he said, Father, what do you think about sending those Lenten lessons of the Mass out to some of our audience by email? And now it's much more than just a written text and a picture. We've produced some high definition videos and they're free to you. And when it comes to the Mass, you get out of it what you put into it. So the Mass isn't like going to a movie where we need to be entertained. We have to come there with preparation and sacrifice and uh, that's the whole idea of these Lenten lessons on the mass So uh, get ready to learn the Mass, live the Mass, and love the Mass more than ever before, as Father Rocky always uh, says. You can transform your 40 days with 40 lessons and with Father Rocky's weekly Eucharistic encounters at relevantradio.com slash Lent. I want to bring in my partner, Glenn. Hey, Glenn, uh, what are a few of the big stories that are making headlines on this Ash Wednesday morning? Well, the uh, Republican edge in the in the House got even slimmer
3: last night. We'll talk about that in a minute. But so slim that Steve Scalise had to come back from cancer treatment so they could vote once again to impeach Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Uh, this for things going on or not going on at the southern U.S. border. And uh, that vote happened last night. And so... The House voted to impeach Mayorkas,
0: John. Yes, and uh, just by one vote, 214 to 213. And this is really historic. This has never happened uh, for a cabinet official uh, since 1876. Uh, Here's uh, Mayorkas on NBC's Meet the Press uh, finally admitting uh, that there is a crisis at the border.
2: Do you bear responsibility for what is happening at the border, what the president himself has called a crisis?
1: It certainly is a crisis, and, well, we don't bear responsibility for a broken system, and we're doing a tremendous amount within that broken system. But fundamentally, fundamentally, Congress is the only one who can fix it.
0: And uh, several House Republicans have said uh, that he uh, committed high crimes and misdemeanors. Things now head to the Senate. Uh, and uh, what what is next, uh, Glenn?
3: Well, again, a reminder, and we've learned this, you know, I mean, growing up we learned, wow, impeachment is something that happened uh, once to Andrew Johnson as president way back in the day, and almost to Nixon, but now, uh, you know, it seems like every president will end up coming up for that. But impeachment actually is the is the process or a, a trial in the Senate of someone that the House decides uh, should go. And uh, that often happens to presidents for the first time in well over 100 years. Like we said, this has happened, I think, since the 1870s, right? This has happened to a, a cabinet member. And so the Republican-controlled House has narrowly voted to uh, impeach uh, Mayorkas. And so now there'll be a trial in the Senate where the Senate will weigh in as the judges, basically, on... What should happen now with a uh, Democratic majority in the Senate, very unlikely they will vote to remove Mayorkas. And uh, and so, you know, he'll still have his job. Uh, what it does is call great attention to what's going on in the southern border. And as a cabinet member, cabinet members generally are following the orders of the president. So it's kind of, you know, putting the president's trial or on trial, his, his, uh, his uh, positions on uh, border security on trial, John.
0: At, at the end of the day, Republicans are, are sending a, a message to President Biden. After all, he is the boss. Uh, the other big story that you uh, mentioned uh, is uh, the uh, f- seat once held by Republican George Santos. Uh, we now know what uh, what is going to happen.
3: Yeah, Santos, quite a character, uh, you know, pretending to be a lot of things. He really wasn't. Uh, ended up being kicked out of the House, and uh, the Republicans ended up losing a seat there, a Democrat uh, Tom Swasey was a winner uh, last night in that special election. So that very slim majority in the House for the
0: Republicans got even slimmer. Absolutely. Um, meanwhile, uh, Kansas City is bracing for a big, big parade that once again for the second year in a in a row, uh, the, the Chiefs are going to be celebrating uh, their back-to-back uh, Super Bowl uh, championship. Uh, they're expecting a massive crowd. Last year they had about a million people, Glenn.
3: Yeah, going to be uh, some big, rowdy fun, uh, those that have uh, had a city that's won a, a major championship and one of the four major men's sports in the U.S. Uh, often get to have a good time, and hopefully it'll be a safe and good time as well.
0: Yeah, and, uh, and apparently uh, the city is not prepared uh, in the event that Taylor Swift ac- actually shows up. They're, they're, they're guessing that the crowd could be twice as big. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty crazy, but uh, yeah. so we'll stay tuned. But uh, <laughs> hey, kudos to the to all the chief fans and uh, let them uh, have fun and celebrate. Uh, what other note? You know, I'm a big baseball guy. Uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to Major League Baseball spring training camps. Most of the camps are reporting, uh, you know, today or, or tomorrow. A couple of other teams, uh, including the Dodgers, I believe, have uh, reported a little, couple days earlier. But uh, this is the beginning. Uh, you know, the MLB season not too far away.
3: Hope Springs eternal, and just uh, just for your joy, John, I got my Cubs hoodie on today here, so we're ready to go.
0: Oh, I love it. I love it uh, for sure. Uh, yeah, I wish I wish I I wish I could see that uh, uh, Glenn, uh, but, uh, I'm surprised you're not wearing a twins uh, hoodie. Oh, I I did yesterday in in advance, so
3: we're ready to go.
0: Yep. Oh, you are a, <laughs> you are a true fan. Uh, on this um, Ash Wednesday, I, I wanted to share something that was sent to us uh, by uh, the Turpek family, uh, good friends. Um, uh, Madeline Turpek is a member of the Relevant Radio board and uh, longtime supporters of Relevant Radio. They sent us this this wonderful. Uh, extreme jesus boot camp and uh, it kind of it looks like a like a uh, a chessboard and it has all of these great ideas uh, for uh you know prayer and uh, and fasting and you know building character and really to get us really ready uh here uh, during uh, this lent to really have a a, a better uh, uh, lenten season so uh, yeah there was a few things in in each one of these little squares it it has a different idea i thought uh, d- delete unnecessary apps on your phone kind of caught my attention
3: well i suppose more than unnecessary even ones that maybe waste your time a little bit too much but uh some of the the nice things to add think of 40 people and offer one day of lent uh, for each person in prayer as we talk about kind of adding prayer uh you know for almsgiving a lot of things that can be done but for the uh uh the sacrifice parts of the fasting uh, to take a cold shower and Sleep on the floor? Are you going to try either of those, John? Oh my goodness!
0: I don't know about the cold shower, <laughs> especially at four in the morning, man. That's that that might be a, a, a toughie. But uh, I think I, I think I w- will rather make sure to focus on praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet, which is right at the top of the list. So it doesn't surprise me because the Terpex uh, you know, are great devotees of uh, the Divine Mercy uh, Chaplet. So there, there's so many uh, good ideas in here. We can't don't have time to go over all of them, but we are going to to post uh, this uh, little uh, Jesus boot camp uh, on our social media uh, so you can check it out a little bit later uh, this morning. Uh, Glenn, uh, did you you celebrate uh, Valentine's uh, Day last night? No, we did not. We'll do a, a little bit today and a little more on the weekend,
3: I believe is the plan.
0: Yeah, oh, it makes you. it a little challenging since yeah, uh, today is yep. a day of uh, of fasting and abstinence. So we decided to do ours last night, and kudos to Cindy—just a beautiful, uh, wonderful uh, uh, dinner, candlelight uh, with a nice china and steak, and uh, it, it was it was really, really beautiful and and quite romantic uh, on uh, the vigil of Valentine's Day.
3: Well, that's good. It sounds like you won't have to start out, Lance, sleeping on the floor. Then is one of those
0: disciplines. Huh? This is true. <laughs> I love it. All right, as always. Uh, thanks so much, uh, Glenn.
3: Hey, sure. Thanks, John.
0: First things first, and especially here on this Ash Wednesday, we always start this show in prayer, giving thanks to our Lord Jesus for all the many blessings. And always keep in mind that every single day is a blessing. And we always pray through the intercession of the Mother of God, our Blessed Mother Mary, the Queen of Peace, as we continue to pray for peace in the world, especially in the Middle East and Ukraine. We pray for peace in our nation, peace in our church, in our families, and peace in our hearts. Amen. Our Lady of Guadalupe, patroness of the Americas, patroness of the unborn and of Relevant Radio, pray for us. St. Joseph, patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. St. John Paul II, co-patron of Relevant Radio, pray for us. And we always invoke the Holy Spirit every morning when we pray, come Holy Spirit, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Even though it's Ash Wednesday, don't forget to pray to St. Joseph. We always remember St. Joseph on Wednesdays. He is such a powerful intercessor. So go to Joseph, the head of the Holy Family. As we do every morning, uh, our power scripture from the Playbook of Life is from Luke 9.23. Jesus the Lord says, If anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Of course, this season of Lent begins today with the Liturgy of Ash Wednesday. Ashes are placed on our foreheads as an outward sign of our repentance. Our blessed Lord Jesus Christ asks us to die to ourselves and to deny our very selves in imitation of him who died on the cross for all of us for our salvation. And as John the Baptist reminds us, we must decrease so that Jesus can increase in our lives. And we always pray with great confidence that prayer that Drew and Maggie pray every afternoon during the Chapel of Divine Mercy, Jesus, I trust in you. As always, you can send us an email directly. If you have anything on your mind, any thoughts, or story, ideas, whatever you want to share with us, it's morningair at relevantradio.com. You can find us also on social media, on X, formerly Twitter. Our handle is at Morning Air Show, as well as on Facebook. And we will be posting uh, those uh, suggestions uh, for the Jesus Boot Camp a little bit later uh, this morning. We need to take a short pause. When we come back, we'll go live to the Eternal City and our Rome correspondent, Ashley Narona for the latest news on the Holy Father, Pope Francis. So stay with us. There is much more to come on this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. This hour is sponsored by Ave Maria Mutual Funds, where financial goals are aligned with pro-life values, and fund decisions are based on investment fundamentals designed to preserve and grow wealth without violating moral beliefs. More information at AveMariaFunds.com. Bringing Rome to home, this is Morning Air on Relevant Radio. And welcome back to Morning Air on this Ash Wednesday. I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah. Thanks so much for tuning in here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app. And yes, it is time to bring Rome to home for the latest news from the Vatican. We go live to our Rome correspondent, Ashley Nerona from the Eternal City. Ashley and her husband, John, founded the Truth and Beauty Project in Rome where they take people from knowing their faith to setting their hearts on fire with talks, tours, and spiritual direction all centered on Scripture, art, and beauty. They even have a special track to evangelize young adults. You can visit truthandbeautyproject.com to find out how you can make your life a masterpiece in just one week with John and Ashley in Rome. Buongiorno. Good morning, Ashley. Thanks so much for joining us once again from Roma on this Ash Wednesday.
2: Buongiorno, John. Very happy to be with you on this special day as we begin the season of Lent.
0: Absolutely. Always a joy to, to be with you. And uh, you. Uh, Ashley, we, we always uh, begin with the Holy Father, uh, Pope Francis. Uh, what was the, his main message uh, at his uh, general audience on this Ash Wednesday morning?
2: Well, his main message, John, today was about Achadia the vice, the sin, that we more often refer to as sloth or laziness. And Pope Francis spoke about it today, noting that very often, acheria or laziness is more of, he said, an effect than a cause. Because when a person is idle or apathetic, often people will say that they are lazy. But the Desert Fathers pointed out that Achedia, which actually comes from the Greek, means a lack of care. And so in life, when somebody loses, doesn't care anymore, uh, life tends to lose its significance and prayer becomes boring. And even all the, the regular battles of life become meaningless. He also referred to Achedia as the noonday devil. And that's because he said it grips a person in the middle of the day, especially when you're most tired and you look ahead and the hours can sometimes seem monotonous or even impossible to bear. He said it's resembling depression from a psychological and philosophical point of view. And he said that oftentimes people who are experiencing this will feel that their life has totally lost its significance. And he said it's like dying in advance. So what is the antidote to all this? That's exactly
0: what I was thinking.
2: (laughs) Yes. Well, he said that according to various mystical writings, it's the patience of faith. And he said that even though there may be times when you desire to be elsewhere, Patience of faith means having the courage to remain, to stay where you are, and to intentionally welcome God's presence right there in the here and now. And the Pope today said that monks talk about the cell where they live as the best teacher of this, because it's the place that daily speaks to them about the love story with the Lord that they have chosen. And Pope Francis spoke about the battle of Achadia being one that must be won at all costs. But he reminded everyone that the battle didn't even spare the saints because many saints wrote about these battles in their diaries. Finally, John, today at the audience, Pope Francis introduced a 95-year-old cardinal from Albania who was there in the audience. His name is Cardinal Ernest Simoni, and the Pope pointed out that he had survived 28 years in prison because of his faith. So the Pope finished the audience today by asking all to remember Christians who are being persecuted for their faith around the world, John.
0: What a, what a wonderful uh, reminder for all of us. I think his message uh, is uh, so relevant. Uh, it's so easy to be caught up in this uh, spiritual laziness. But I think that's the whole reason why we have uh, Lent, you know, to, to really have like a, a spring training, so to speak, you know, to, to really get us focused on, on, on the basics and to try to uh, ask for God's grace to overcome that human tendency, uh, you know, to be a little lazy.
2: That's right, and in fact, it's, so, it's such a special and wonderful time for all of us because this is the opportunity, as you said, John, to do that training so we can run the spiritual marathon, and the Pope said today that you know there are very practical things that we can do to, in our lives to try to get over Achadia, and he said one thing is to make smaller goals that have more reasonable reach. And to always lean on Jesus and to remember that even in, in the greatest temptations, he is always there. He will never abandon anyone. To look for little joys in life and then to be especially grateful to God for the gift of creation. And all these things are, are tools to use in this, uh, in this battle that we're all faced with.
0: And, uh, and if we ever do feel that kind of spiritual laziness, uh, if we uh, offer it up and do it for Jesus and keeping him foremost in our hearts and minds, I think that that will help us to, uh, to overcome it.
2: Yes, in fact, and and to just do it with humility and knowing that despite the darkness, He is the light, and to allow that light to, to come in.
0: For sure. Now, uh, uh, today, uh, the Holy Father uh, and uh, all, all the popes typically uh, have a, a papal procession for Ash Wednesday. Uh, what what, it, what is happening uh, today?
2: Well, indeed, in keeping with tradition, as you mentioned, John, that will happen this afternoon at 4.30 p.m., and Pope Francis will begin at St. Anselmo Church up on the Aventine Hill and will process to the the ancient 5th century Basilica of St. Sabina. And then there at 5 o'clock, he will celebrate Mass there. And, of course, bless the ashes that will then be distributed to the faithful. And this church of St. Sabina, the, the the first station church of the station churches in Rome, is very significant. It's actually the first house of the Dominicans in Rome. In fact, it was given to St. Dominic himself by the Savelli family. And St. Thomas Aquinas himself lived there as well. Uh, you can go and have, a, we've had a, a special experience there of, uh, of a tour to see his his room, his chapel, and it's a very moving experience. It's the mother house of the Dominican order as well. So it's quite a a wonderful place to to start this Lenten experience. And next to the church is a gorgeous orange garden. And it said that it was St. Dominic who brought over the oranges from Spain and that St. Catherine of Siena would go and pick oranges from those very trees and make orange candies, little candies and marmalades from those oranges. So yes, just just being there uh, brings up so many wonderful memories of the, the saintly heroes who've gone before us, John.
0: Wow. I, I wish I could be there. It, it sounds like yeah. it's going to be a, a wonderful uh, procession here on this Ash Wednesday. And it's interesting that uh, it's happening, you know, in, in a in a uh, parish church at St. Sabina, because uh, it, it's not happening in, in St. Peter's Basilica or St. John Lateran, you know, the big basilicas.
2: Right. Exactly. Yes. The, the Holy Father actually gave a special Angelus today. Um, it, it, because it's Ash Wednesday. But traditionally, this is where the Lenten celebration begins every year, officially at St. Sabina's.
0: Meanwhile, uh, I understand that Vatican Radio, which has been broadcasting for a long, long time in 50 languages, uh, has added yet one more language uh, to its repertoire.
2: You got it, John. And it you wouldn't believe it. It's Mongolian probably not what one would expect. But sure enough, that is because it is a fruit of Pope Francis' recent visit in September of 2023 to Mongolia. And of course, the Catholics in that country are a small number, only about 1,500. But in addition to the Catholics there, uh, when. When that visit occurred, there were, of course, people of many other religious beliefs as well who participated, and Vatican Radio adding Mongolian is meant to reach all of them. The idea, of course, is that Vatican Radio's mission is to spread the gospel throughout the world and also to give voice to local churches and to show people that they're never alone, that Christ is always there. And two days ago, so the 12th of February, Vatican Radio celebrated a very special day, celebrated its 93rd birthday, and that is because it was on the 12th of February of 1931 that Pope Pius XI inaugurated Vatican Radio. Of course, with those famous words, hear, O islands, and listen, distant peoples. And so Vatican Radio was was created by Guglielmo Marconi, And our listeners may know that name because he is the inventor of radio himself, which shows how cutting edge Pope Pius XI was. He had such vision for what radio could do to spread the truth, to spread the gospel to the ends of the earth. Wow, and so yes, yes. Do you think and Pope so, Pius XI could
0: have ever imagined um, a, a pope being, for example, on a Twitter X account and being able to reach I, millions the way they that Pope Francis can today?
2: Well, you know, if he was clever enough to develop radio, who knows, he might have thought of the possibilities of someday of the way that the gospel could spread over the entire surface of the earth. And of course, the idea that the Pope's voice over the centuries, his living voice, has been able to be heard by Catholics and non-Catholics throughout the world. It's, it's really quite extraordinary. So indeed, uh, we wish a very happy birthday to Vatican Radio, and also an exciting moment as the Catholics of Mongolia will now have their language added to the Vatican News family.
0: Aguri to Vatican Radio. That congratulations. Congratulations. Yes, indeed. That is awesome. Uh, Today, of course, uh, is uh, uh, St. Valentine's Day as well as Ash Wednesday. And so uh, how is it being celebrated there in Italy?
2: Yes. Well, John, first of all, People are going to visit a, a little-known church in Rome today. It's called the Basilica of Santa Maria in Cosmoden. Now, actually, I say the church is not that known because uh, many people do go there as a tourist destination, but they don't actually walk inside. That's because in, in the portico in front of the church is the famous Mouth of Truth. People want to get their photo with their hand stuck in the Mouth of Truth. And not many people bother to step inside of this ancient basilica and, of course, to see the cosmetech floors and the medieval architecture or to visit a little chapel that houses the skull of St. Valentine himself. And so the skull is inside a beautiful reliquary. There's a garland of flowers. Uh, The name San Valentino is there, and it's an opportunity for people to pray there at his remains on this special day for lovers and for those who love. And I have to tell you, John, too, over in Verona, for those who may not be able to make it to visit the relics of St. Valentine, they'll go and they'll visit the the home that is said to be that of Juliet from Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. Now, we all know that there is no actual place where Romeo and Juliet occurred, but instead this home in Verona was owned by the Capello family, which sounds a lot like Capulet or Capoletti, as we say in Italian. And so people will go there on the day of love to the balcony there, remembering... Juliet standing there saying those words, Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou, Romeo? They'll leave a little message of love on the love wall there, and uh, and uh, and of course uh, uh, take home the memories of those two famous lovers on this day. That reminds us of love and being Ash Wednesday of sacrifice as well, John.
0: Absolutely. And of course, even the the Italians uh, still have the dilemma of today being Ash Wednesday and uh, Valentine's Day uh, on the same day. So uh, I imagine that the chocolate and all the goodies is not uh, on tap.
2: That's right. That's right. In fact, there was a a Euro chocolate festival that just occurred a few days leading up to today. So hopefully with Mardi Gras, everybody's got it all out of their system and we're ready to to take on Lent.
0: All right, uh, Ashley. Well, happy uh, San Valentino Day to you.
2: Oh, thank you so much! Happy feast to you too, John. God bless.
0: Thanks so much, uh, Ashley Narona, our Rome correspondent, who joins us every Wednesday from the Eternal City. You can listen to her reports on the, the new Relevant Radio app. Just go to Relevant in Rome. We need to take a short break when we come back. Uh, Dr. Philip Harold, uh, Dean of Constantine College and Professor of Politics at the University of Dallas, uh, will be with us to discuss the staggering uh, costs of child care which is now actually, if you can believe it, more than the cost of college. So stay with us as Morning Air continues on this Ash Wednesday here on Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. If you have real estate or land you no longer need, consider the advantages of donating it to Relevant Radio. The process is easy and the tax advantages can be huge. Learn more at RelevantRadio.com property.
2: Bringing the light of Christ to start your day. This is Morning
0: Air. On Relevant Radio and the Relevant Radio app. I hope that heavy music will get you going here uh, this morning. Welcome back. To morning air I'm John Morales along with Glenn and Gabby in for Sarah thanks so much for joining us on this Ash Wednesday morning here on relevant radio and uh, the new relevant radio app you can always uh, send us an email directly it's morning at relevantradio.com and uh, jot down our number and save it in your phone if you want to be part of the program it's triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine now did you know that according to a new cost of of care report from care.com. Child care costs uh, are actually more now than what you would pay for college. That's right, you heard correctly. Uh, child care is costing parents about 24% of their income. Uh, this child care crisis is not only an issue for just parents, uh, in some way, it affects uh, our nation's uh, economic growth. and literally affects everybody. Uh, joining us live uh, this morning is Dr. Philip Harrell, uh, the Dean of Constantine uh, College of Liberal Arts and a professor of politics at the University of Dallas uh, to uh, further uh, discuss uh, these staggering costs of child care. Good morning, uh, Dr. Harrell. Thanks so much uh, for joining us here on Morning Air and Relevant Radio. It's uh, great to be with you.
1: Good morning, John.
0: Uh, Dr. Hill, can you g- talk about uh, this recent report, uh, which surveyed uh, about uh, 2,000 parents? Uh, parents, I'd love to get your impressions.
1: Sure. Yeah. the uh, the, the, the headline news was um, it can cost more than college tuition, which is cr- quite an arresting headline. Um, Childcare is expensive. The um, flip side is, of course, it shows the economic contribution stay-at-home moms make. Right. Um, and they did, they surveyed a lot of people, um, 2000 people. Um, but they, this is not, um, kind of a random survey though. They were just surveying, uh, people who currently pay for professional childcare. So that's how they're kind of getting these high numbers. And actually it was only 20% of those people who reported this, um, $36,000 figure per year. Um, about a, half of them spent up to $18,000. Um, so it's true there's a lot of people paying a lot, but when you kind of drill down into the report, um, it shows a little bit more of a mixed picture.
0: But the, the bottom line is it's still, it's still costing a lot of money, and, uh, and parents uh, and families have to, have to sacrifice if they're going to pay for, for that uh, child care.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, Very expensive. Same with college education. Um, It can seem very expensive also at first blush. Um, But as with with college, when you kind of get your financial age package, it's affordable. And people do cobble cobble together things Uh, when you have a child. um, There's a lot of different things. Uh, Parents do the survey found um, to make changes when the baby comes Um, Reducing hours at work, moving closer to family, things like that to kind of um, deal um, with that high cost.
0: There were a number of interesting uh, figures uh, in this uh, in this survey. Uh, the the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services said that uh, child care is only considered affordable when it costs families no more than seven percent of their household income. So, uh, if some uh, parents are spending twenty four percent of their income uh, for child care, that absolutely is not affordable.
1: No, that's right. That's right. So, if you're paying for professional child care, you're not hitting that 7% uh figure of uh, affordability so it is costing people a lot and they're having to sacrifice um to do that dipping into their savings to do that so it's tough yeah
0: and you you put it in perspective the the fact that uh, they're even talking about that the child care costs c- could be more than some colleges uh, that's got to be concerning the parents
1: it is <laughs> yeah colleges College is expensive. Um, it's one of the drivers of inflation, not just the recent inflation, but over the decades, um, college has gotten more and more expensive. You know, it's funny, the report actually showed that people are paying less money than last year, though. So that's at least good news. Year over year, it's a little bit less for these people paying for childcare.
0: Can you think of of ways uh, that uh, parents and, and families can get around uh, these uh, staggering costs of child care?
1: Yeah, well, the respondents, so, you know, reducing hours at work was one of the things um, that um, a quarter of the respondents said uh, they did when a baby came to make it work, um, leaving the workforce altogether, staying at home. So um, one of the best things, you know, you can do, for your child is, um, is give that care in the early years, and um, a good chunk of respondents said that they did that, moving closer to their family, or working multiple jobs. So there's different things to do um, that, that doesn't necessarily involve uh, professional childcare, and that's uh, what the survey was saying um, has this high sticker price.
0: Absolutely. I want to open up uh, our phone lines and invite our listeners, if you have any thoughts on these uh, unbelievable uh, child care costs uh, that are actually more than the cost of a college education uh, in in some instances, uh, we would love to get to your perspective. If you yourself uh, are uh, struggling uh, to uh, provide for uh, your uh, ch- child care costs, uh, we would love to hear from you. We're taking your calls for uh, Dr. Philip Harold, a professor. Of politics at the University of Dallas at triple eight nine one four nine one four nine triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. You know, I, I love that. You know, there are some companies uh, that are very family friendly. They 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 do whatever they can to support um, young moms. Uh, you know, whether uh, you know they're uh, they're pregnant or they've just had a baby, and you know, th- these type of organizations, you know, it can be very helpful when you're in a situation and you just can't afford the cost of health care.
1: Oh, yeah. No, that's true. Employers can offer paid parental leave. I mean, you know, the article notes that we don't have that as a society, kind of an outlier for um, industrialized nations. But there are employers that have it. We have it at the University of Dallas for faculty. And it is so important to be able to take that time off when um, you're having a baby.
0: How does that work at the University of Dallas?
1: Well, you have you have uh, six months um, m- m- maternity leave. So um, when a faculty member um, is pregnant, they get to to take time off, um, not teach for a semester, um, and um, it's a wonderful thing um, to spend time with the baby and then come back to work um, with that paid time off.
0: Yeah, that, that sounds like a, a wonderful uh, perk there at the University of Dallas, for sure. Uh, in other news, obviously, when we're talking about colleges, uh, it uh, it has uh, come out uh, you know in recent years, in fact, going all the way back to, to 2018, that companies like uh, Google and Apple are no longer uh, actually requiring applicants to have a college degree, um, in, including for managing and engineering positions. Uh, I want to share with you just a, a small part of a, of a report report uh, just from uh, last December uh, from CBS News.
2: Tight labor markets and the skyrocketing cost of college are causing companies to take a second look at education requirements for many higher paying jobs, focusing on skills instead. Ali Morano, head of J.P. Morgan's apprentice program, says firms need to rethink decades of diploma-driven recruiting. When you start
1: looking in different areas because of a socioeconomic background or because of how somebody grew up, you
2: get people who are thinking differently, and that's what you need in a firm. A recent study showed the number of job postings requiring a college degree began dropping even before the pandemic, a trend that could unlock more than a million jobs to workers without a college degree over the next five years.
0: Dr. Harrell, I'd love to get your take on on uh, that bit of news.
1: Yeah, isn't that interesting? I mean, obviously, companies are interested in employees who can do the job. And for decades, a college degree has served as that credential um, used by hiring managers to hire qualified people. Um, But that's showing this little bit of a shift. I mean, um, now it's only a third of entry-level salary jobs that require a college degree, and employers are starting to accept other credentials in place of it. Um, and I'm sure we all know people who are successful in their career without college degrees. Um, and so these people are now um, less of an outlier, and people are questioning why go to college at all. Um, and, and in point, that's uh, the fault of colleges because we're telling people, um, in a lot of cases, you should go to college because you'll get a good job, right? As if college means worldly, worldly success, and success means high income. Um, that's not really the point of college. It's not just glorified job training in marketable skills. It's the formation of the intellect, um, being able to question presuppositions, think for yourself, including presuppositions like success in life just means high income.
0: And in addition to the formation of the intellect at places like the University of Dallas and, and some other, um, you know, outstanding Catholic universities, it's also the formation of the soul.
1: Yes, absolutely. Right. Like uh, uh, thinking about that question about the meaning of life um, from an intellect as an intellectual question, Right. It's so important for our society to have people who see social needs and act to um, fill them, right? A society of careerists can't survive where everybody's looking to profit off of each other, right? It's only um, a self-governing society um, requires liberally educated people, only with liberally educated people, where the the golden life is not just making the most money, can you have self-government? And this is what college should be giving students, this ability to reflect and see things in their largest possible perspective and think about the nature of what really is success, what really is happiness. Um, and not just define it in this quick and easy way as, well, having a good job and a high income.
0: Well, Professor, I found it fascinating, um, according to uh, to recent reports uh, after uh, the COVID pandemic, that companies like IBM, Dell, Bank of America, just to name a few, are no longer requiring college degrees to work, work there. Do you think the pandemic uh, had anything to do with, with this kind of uh, mindset?
1: Um, you know that's a good question I think it may have accelerated it um, but um, you know there's generational shifts too and um, and companies the, the, the bottom line is companies are interested in in workers who can get the job done um, and you know colleges the, uh, the uh, what's been going on in colleges has people questioning um You know, is this um, um, producing people who are uh, good at their jobs?
0: Uh, Dr. Harold, uh, Jennifer is is joining us uh, this morning um, from Indian River, Michigan, and uh, would like to... uh, join into the convert the conversation that we we're having earlier about the staggering costs of child care. Uh, Jennifer, uh, welcome to the show. You're on with Dr. Harrell.
1: Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was wondering, we have uh, family members who are not Catholic, and one of them is going to be expecting a child here pretty soon. What can we do as family members and as Catholics to possibly help offset the cost Um, and also as a way of evangelizing to help this couple? Oh, gosh. Well, thanks for the question. I mean, um, couples need help. (laughs) When you're having a child, um, the best thing you can hear from someone else or a family member is, how can I help? (laughs) Because even if there's nothing immediate you can do, just knowing that, uh, you've got someone that you can turn to you've got someone to help um makes all the difference in the world
0: and you got to believe that um helping uh, young cu- couples and and parents is part of uh, the philosophy of promoting the culture of life
1: absolutely yeah
0: um Dr. Harold, do you have any advice uh, to parents that might be uh, listening that have uh, uh, kids of college age, uh, maybe a word of encouragement for uh, the kids to pursue excellence uh, in whatever it is that they do, uh, whether they go to college or not?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So um, um, college can uh, be a great benefit because it Provides you that formation of the intellect you can't get other places. So look carefully at different colleges. Ask the question: What is being taught? Who is doing the teaching? And pursue your intellectual passions, um, because happiness is where your your greatest passions meet the world's uh, greatest needs. And um, and don't be and, and, and Pursue that and don't be turned off um, by a potential high cost because there's, there's financial aid and there's scholarships.
0: Well, I know that the, the University of Dallas is, is doing a fantastic job of, uh, of, of forming uh, not only the intellect but also uh, many, many young souls as well.
1: Thanks, yes. We've got a very strong core curriculum. We've got an amazing Rome program where students spend a semester in Rome learning Western civilization.
0: Well, Professor, I'd love to be in your class to get your take on all the insanity that's going on in the political world these days, as you are a professor of politics there at the University of Dallas. Really do appreciate you being with us. Thanks so much. Thank you. And that was uh, Dr. Philip Harold, Dean of the Constantine College of Liberal Arts and Professor of Politics at the University of Dallas. And now, uh, once again, it is time for another episode of Glenn's Story Corner.
3: One of my Valentine's favorites today are a story called Not a One. Little Chad was a shy, quiet young man one day he came home and told his mother that he'd like to make a valentine for everyone in his class. Her heart sank. She thought, I wish he wouldn't do that. Because she had watched the children when they walked home from school. Her Chad was always behind them. They laughed and hung on to each other and talked to each other, but Chad was never included. Nevertheless, she decided that she'd go along with his son, so she purchased the paper and glue and crayons. And for three weeks, night after night, Chad painstakingly made 35 valentines. "'Valentine's Day dawned, and Chad was beside himself with excitement. "'He carefully stacked them up, put them in a bag, and bolted out the door. "'His mother decided to bake him his favorite cookies "'and serve them nice and warm with a cool glass of milk "'when he came home from school. "'She just knew he'd be disappointed, and maybe that would ease the pain a little. "'It hurt her to think that he wouldn't get many Valentines, maybe none at all. "'That afternoon, she had the cookies and milk on the table. "'When she heard the children outside, she looked out the window, "'and sure enough, there they came, laughing and having the best time.' And as always, there was Chad in the rear. He walked a little faster than usual. She fully expected him to burst into tears as soon as he got inside. His arms were empty, she noticed. And when he opened the door, she choked back the tears. Honey, I have some cookies and milk for you, she said. But he hardly heard her words. He just marched right on by, his face glowing. All he could say was, not a one, not a one. His mother's heart sank at first. But then she noticed the huge smile on his face as he added i didn't forget a one not a single one philippians 2 3 do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit rather in humility value others
0: above yourselves As always, uh, thanks so much, Glenn. Uh, Great message uh, on this Ash Wednesday. Coming up next hour here on Morning Air, our spiritual director, Father Marcel Tayon, will be with us uh, to talk about all things Ash Wednesday. We'll talk about the ashes, uh, the words that the priest uh, says, and some of the customs here on day one of this season of Lent. Uh, Plus, uh, personal success coach Dave Duran, the co-founder and executive chairman of Best Version Media and the host of The The Dave Duran Show. He'll be with us uh, to discuss uh, some things that successful people wish that they knew when they were just starting out. So that should be a fascinating uh, conversation. So stay with us. There's a lot more to come in the final hour of this Ash Wednesday edition of Morning Air here on Relevant Radio and the new Relevant Radio app.